0: everyone, and welcome back to the Football Chuggy podcast. My name is Thomas Durning, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Pierce McLaughlin, and we're also joined uh, by Tommy McLaughlin, so hello to you both. Hello. Hello. So on today's podcast, we'll be discussing uh, last weekend's English Premier League results and also Scottish Premier League results. Uh, we'll be previewing uh, this week's European matches for both English and Scottish clubs. And at the end of the podcast, Pierce will be giving a rundown on the latest Asian football news. So um, we'll start off with uh, last weekend's English Premier League matches. So I'll just quickly go through um, uh, the results for you. So um, the first match of the weekend was Man City versus Liverpool, and that finished uh, 1-1. Uh, and then it was Burnley one West Ham United 2, Luton Town 2, Crystal Palace 1, Newcastle United 4, Chelsea 1, Nottingham Forest 2, Brighton 3, Sheffield United 1, Bournemouth 3, Brentford 0, Arsenal 1, and then on the Sunday, uh, the matches were Tottenham 1, Aston Villa 2, Everton 0, Man United 3, and on Monday night, which was last night, it finished Fulham 3, Wolves 2. So, guys, what do you think? Is there a match there that stands out to you?
1: Is there a key point to the weekend that stands out to you? What do you think? Well, for me, um, there's two matches that stand out. I think they're probably the best matches I've seen this weekend in terms of the English Premier League. And that would have been uh, Newcastle 4, Chelsea 1, which is a short result in many ways because Newcastle kind of dipped in recent weeks and they've got a massive injury list at the moment and you've seen a debut of one of their academy graduates who's potentially going to be playing in the Champions League um tonight or tomorrow um. so yeah that was probably the short result because Chelsea picked up uh, pretty good results recently um, and they yeah. looked this if they'd turned a corner on the Pochettino but Newcastle just blew them away um, and obviously losing the captain Reese James to a red card which um, didn't help either um, but no I thought the Newcastle crowd was excellent and uh, some of the goals on show were brilliant. I thought um, Raheem Sterling's goal was a pick of the bunch even though it meant absolutely nothing that, in, 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 in the end result but um, no, I thought it was an f- enthralling game and then obviously the other one which we we'll are probably talk about in, in length is probably oh, to. the Everton 0 Manchester United 3 and what better way to start than talk about um, oh. Alejandro Garnacho's goal. Um, It's the stuff you dream it's like you you dream of when you go to bed at night when you go to the training pitch and try to emulate your heroes, and that there was a one in a million shot and what better way to start the game. And in terms of the shall we, match
0: should we talk about that goal right now? Aye, on you go, mate. Aye. Should we just talk about it right now? Like, I mean, just go for it. I mean, it's it's probably the biggest talking point of the weekend. I mean, it was just the the technique and everything about that goal was just unbelievable. Um. Uh. I mean. Is
1: it? Is this the best goal you've ever seen? Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's the best goal I've ever seen. Um, but I think there's obviously for, for me, um, there's there's so many ways you can look at it. Probably the best overkick you've ever seen, potentially. Um, but there's many ones that can go up there. But in terms of like the best goals I've seen live, anyway. Um, so I've I've went me to like a top three. Um. And I went with Hugo Almeida free kick against Inter Milan back in two thousand five. Don't know if you ever watched the clip, but it's just one of the most purest, clean streaks you'll see. Just constantly rises right in the mm-hmm. top hand corner. Um, also Cristiano Ronaldo's goal for Manchester United against Porto in the Champions League last mm-hmm. sixteen, where he just got the ball at his feet, no backlift whatsoever, and it just rose straight in the top hand corner, and hitting a shot with that much power and velocity. From forty-five yards out is pretty ridiculous. Um, and then the last one for me is um, got to be knocking with this free kick against Manchester United back in two thousand seven. Um, one of the best free kicks I've ever seen, and obviously at the time probably the best goalkeeper in the world was Edwin van der Sar. Stand at six foot six, and to hit it right in the postage stamp, and the Champions League against a European giant in Manchester United is got to be right up there. And um, yeah. But in terms of the Gal goal, I thought it was incredible. What
0: mm-hmm. were Well, you told me, do you think that's the best goal you've ever seen? Or what what do you think? Uh, I would say it's the best goal
2: for a kick I've ever seen because the technique, because he's running away from goal, and that's harder. You know, like yeah, that's what I think. Yep. When you look at Wayne Rooney's, in there that, that was a fluke, but he was like he was just like sitting there waiting for it. And Ronaldo, like when Garpio's had a very good gate over kick, but Garnaccio, I don't even know how he's been practicing that. He's tiny. And he managed to get up that high and hit that, but I went for my top three. There has been really good goals in my head, but so hard to narrow it down. So I went for my top three is Totti against Inter Milan, chipped, he'd faked three defenders. Think of, what year was it, Pierce? I think it was, was it? seven, I think maybe seven. now. and he just faked the defenders, get falling, and then he just dinked it ever so nice over the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper fell. And then I've obviously got to go for a. Uh, Dennis camp the touch round oh, the defender, yeah. like nobody can ever recreate that touch. I don't know how you did that. Like even YouTubers and like like if uh, two freestyles are even trying to do it, and it doesn't even look the same. And they're like, oh yeah, it's the same, but it's not. That was in a game situation as well, the pressure mm-hmm. and defenders are so, so much phys- more physical and harder to do, uh, attack against back then. And also I forgot to go for Scott McKenna against uh, Calum Marnock. Uh, long-range distance strike. It was 1-1. And uh, he takes a touch left-footed and he rifles it right in the top right corner. No goalkeeper in the world just save that. Get Van der sarren goals and get Piers Michael on the goals and he's still going to save that, by the way. I'm telling you, best goal I've ever seen in my life. Scott McKenna. I,
0: I, I mean, I, ju- I could just tell there was going by and I did here here involved. I just knew it. Uh, I mean, guys, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, right, I, I struggle to really find a better goal than Garnacho's goal on Sunday. I mean, I just, like, there's just so many things about it. Number one, <laughs> number one, like, it's a fact he's going away from the goal. Like, so he's actually taking steps further back from the goal to try and reach that, right? Um, you know, it's not as if, like, some of the goals that you see, I mean, they, they don't connect with it properly. So, like, Wayne Rooney, for example, when he scored that famous goal against Man City, I mean, that hit his shin. So, I mean, a lot it was a great goal. I mean, it didn't fully connect with him. But the thing with Ganacho's goal is that he's he's stepping away from the goal. He's fully connected it with his foot. And it's, and the fact is, it's landed in the top corner. And I mean, Jordan Pickford died for that. But I don't even see the point of why he did that, because he was never getting to it. And the power as well that he got onto that overhead kick shot. I mean, it was just, it, it was just incredible. It's, it's already goal of the season. There's no way there's mm. going to be a goal that tops that this season. I mean, it would be, have to be something ridiculous for a goal to be topped for that not to be goal of the season. I mean, right. and, and actually, before Gunnachter's goal on the Sunday, there was a goal um, on the Saturday by Michael Olise. I think it was against um, uh, Luton. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you've seen that, but that was... <laughs> what a goal that was. I mm-hmm. mean, that was an incredible goal. But you were just discussing there about your free top goals you've seen all time. I mean, Garnacho for me is right, it's in there. I mean, it's I mean it was incredible for me. I'm actually going to say uh, Marco van Basten's goal in the World Cup. Right. I can't remember who it was against, but I mean, it was just like the the, the angle of the shot that from the way he hit the shot and where it ended. up. I mean, it was and the fact that it was in the World Cup as well. Um, Maradona's going to be in a workout, I'll tell you that in a minute. Um, but I mean that Marco van Basten goal—that's always going to get talked about. Um, and Maradona's Diego Maradona's goal, where he went on that run. I can't—I can't remember who he was against. Do, do you know who he was against? England. England. Yeah, England. <laughs> yes, England. Anyway, uh, but I mean, like the reason that the reason that's went on my top three, right? Because back then, in and football, like you didn't see many goals like that, like. That that wasn't just traditional goal. That was just something like football fans back then would just never have seen before. I mean, it was. I mean, I think he, I, I think I think he basically took the ball by the full England, uh, mm-hmm. the full England team. It was incredible. So, uh, that Garnacho goal, Marco van Basten, Diego Maradona. I mean, I mean the fact I'm putting Garnacho in a in a top three goal thing next to Marco van Basten, Diego Maradona. Just it just says. A lot about how good the goal and how highly I rate that go goal. I mean, it was incredible. But it doesn't compare again. Um, it doesn't compare. Well, no, it doesn't. I mean, mean. That, 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 we can't even discuss that, 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 that. I mean, that's in a whole different stratosphere. I mean, we can't even discuss that anyway. Uh, but anyway, s- guys, I
2: was going to say uh, there's, uh, there's an uh, there's an honourable mention. I would say that we, we anybody would talk about is the Roberto Carlos free kick against France. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I was thinking yeah, yeah. about
2: that. I didn't put that in my top three because Scott McKenna's goal was much more a bit harder to do. I
0: mean. Can I ask you this just before finally before we get back onto the uh, the weekend results? Do you think that Garnacho overhead kicks the best overhead kick goal you've seen?
1: Aye. So yeah. far. Not so for. Far, what do you? Not, not, not for you. Me. Um, I don't know if you remember back in the nineties in the Champions League, uh, Mario Bresson. I've never seen that. No. Uh, oh. it's for Fiorentina, you actually scissor-kick the ball outside the box into the top-hand corner. And for me, if, if you're doing an over-the-kick, right, obviously that's a ridiculous technique, right? But to do it from outside the box and still get in the top corners even harder. So for me, mm. the technique in that is a bit... And obviously, I think the Champions League is a higher level than the English Premier League. That's just my opinion. Yeah. It's the pinnacle of club football. Mm.
0: All right.
1: What well, Lattans-
0: about yeah, it's yeah. I I was thinking it was like uh, it uh, I was England. I mean, yeah, that was a good goal. But I was gonna say I was gonna say, I think it's we have to mention Gareth Bale's overhead kick in Champions League yeah. final against Liverpool. I mean, I think that made Liverpool go um back in the lead in that final. And I mean it was like the I mean, he connected with that fully. I mean, the power he got in that overhead kick and everything, I mean it was that was an incredible goal. So um for me, my two overhead goal, I'd say Ganatus is better just in terms of technique and how hard and difficult it was. But in terms of the import, the, the most important overhead kick goal I've seen, I'd probably say Gareth Bales in Champions final. But that's 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 my opinion. Mm. Anyway, we need to get back onto the results right. this weekend. So um so what about you, Tommy? Is there a is there a match from this weekend that stands out to you? Uh, so, when no, we
2: were just talking about Manu, that was yeah, Manu, yeah. Oh, my, yeah, no, I'd I agree. And also, Nottingham Forest versus uh, who, hey, who, who, right now, 3 2. Yeah, good said, result, yeah, very, very good. I've got to
0: mention, yeah, I've got to mention Aston Villa. I mean, they they, they went to Tottenham in 1 2 1. I mean, Aston Villa, I mean, they're only three points off top of the table, I mean, it's it's an incredible season they're having, it really is Um, uh, I mean, I think they're right in the I, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't know about yours, but I don't think they won obviously, I don't think they win won the title I don't think they're, they're that good, but I definitely think they're in for a chance to finish top four mm. Um, like, you know, try and get a Champions League place, and I mean I mean, I shout out to Unai Emery, I mean, I think we've talked about it in the podcast, but I mean what a, what a job he's doing with, with Aston Villa I mean it's incredible it really is. So that's my match of the weekend from the Premier League the Tottenham 1, Aston Villa 2 but obviously the big headlines is the Garnett trouble in the Man United-Everton match um, So we'll move on now to the uh, last weekend's Scottish Premier League results so I'll just quickly run through them so it finished Celtic 1, Murraywell 1, Dundee 1 Hibs 2, Hearts 1, St Johnston 0, Ross County nil, Cormarnock nil, St Mirren 1, Livingston nil, and Aberdeen 1, Rangers 1. So it wasn't really a goal mouth eh, weekend of goals in the Scottish Premier League, but what do you think, guys? Is there a match there that stands out to you? Aye. Of <laughs> <I> course it is. <laughs> On you go.
2: At Aberdeen, just my, my mighty dons versus the uh, Rangers. Uh, what can I say about the match? Well, they, we deserved all three points. Uh, I don't know how uh Cantwell didn't get booked for uh doing a Tom Daly dive into the uh, by trying dive into the box. I think it was a swimming pool there. Uh, because he's a bigger lassie than most lassie footballers, man. I'm not gonna lie, but he's got a move on him, but he doesn't. Even fucking did do the talking. And uh, pardon my friends now. And uh, I would also say that uh, Golson, man. For A big guy that's uh, that looks like a guy with Star Trek, you know what I mean? Uh, a little slight contact in your jersey, and your you're going down as if you've been shot by a machine gun, mate. What is that so referee, man. Probably... 100% not, man? Right, Uh, That what, what we're playing, we're playing uh, polo, uh, water polo. I mean, don't understand. The referee even went to VAR and see the fans. People say, Get rid of VAR, get rid of VAR. No, replace the whole linesman staff, the refereeing system in Scotland and replace it with rugby referees and rugby linesmen, I tell you that, be a lot more challenges getting let away with. I tell you that be a lot more physical. Because if you have you seen a half of the big guys going up to the left referees in rugby and rugby like that. And the guy's like, I'm so sorry, mate. I'm so sorry. He's like, listen to me. That's what you need. I mean, you got brother beaten, uh, you know what I mean? And you got the I'm telling you, man. Horrible. And I would also say there's another match that starts starting mm-hmm. Saint Mirren, Saint Mary one 0
0: Saint Mary are getting a few results there and then. They're doing yeah.
1: well, very
2: well.
0: Yep, absolutely. What be what be you? P- well, starting off with the uh, obviously Tommy, I was just talking about the Aberdeen Rangers match. Do you think it was apparently Pierce for Rangers at the at the end?
1: ones. Well, for me. It's fifty fifty. Um, <clears throat> because I think it was very very soft. Um, but at the end of the day, he was kind of potentially blocked off in the beginning, eh, Garteman, but he does have a hand on his jersey and any kind of pull, y- you know, players are going to go down, especially when you're in a winning situation. I, I just felt as if Golson wasn't getting anywhere near the ball. So I don't think the challenge needed to be made. Um, But touching on the game itself, I thought Aberdeen were so solid. Resolute, and although Rangers had the majority of possession, and they didn't really create anything of note, apart from I think it was like the best chance they had was, um, Liam Balligan via back post header, point blank range, and uh, uh, Roos made an absolute amazing save, double save, um, but apart from that, Aberdeen anything they went forward, they looked a threat, and they, looked if they were the were the other ones going to score, um, and I thought the opening goal for a couple of minutes by Miosky, was genius long ball with the goalkeeper and then a flick on by the sh- his strike partner and then the fact is he's took it first time which a lot of people take touches they take too long he just lets the ball drop and just guides it right into the corner That just that's a sign of a confident striker and he's got two goals in the last six games but two goals in big games one being in the cup semi against him and now against Rangers and with uh, P- P- and for me, I think he's a phenomenal striker, and I think he's only going to get better. Um, and Jack Butland had to make numerous saves in the game. Uh, the pick of the bunch was the one from Jamie McGrath at the edge of the box. And yeah. it's not for the first time this season that Rangers have had to rely on the former England goalkeeper. Um, but I think, in the end result, a draw is probably a fair result, but I think Aberdeen would have been gutted having the manner in which they lost the goal because. Um, at that point, they probably thought they see the game out, and then. Um, but in terms of the decision, I thought it was, it was soft. Um, and you've seen it given this season because uh, referees, uh, haven't been, um, uh, covering themselves in glory this season. Yeah,
0: I mean I agree. I think it. I think it is a soft decision. Um, decision. I, I've got no idea what's apparently what's not anymore. I, I've got no idea. And um, all I know is that the referee went too far. And I knew when he went to look at it, I knew it was going to be apparently. But mm. I think it is definitely a soft decision. Um, you know I think Aberdeen will be pretty annoyed at that. Um, but yeah. like I've got two results here, so I start off in the Celtic match. Celtic won, Murraywell won. I mean, uh, again, a, a, a disappointing result for Celtic. Um, you know, uh, you know, Murraywell come to Celtic Park. You know, Murraywell haven't been playing well. Pretty bad run of form, and I mean they've left Celtic up for point, and they scored in the last minute as well in the match. And um, but for Celtic, I mean it just seemed they just seem to be pretty inconsistent at the moment. You know they seem to be getting one good result and then they can't really back it up. They can't really seem to get on a, a good run of form this season. Um, so that was that was kind of that was kind of a big result from the weekend for me, and I just want to point out, uh, touch on Hibbs who went to Downs Park in 1-2-1. Uh, I think Nick Montgomery, the Hubs manager, I think he's doing a pretty good job in them. You know, they seem to definitely have uh, kind of turned the corner with him. Uh, you know, I think they play, they try to play good football as well. You know, they, they play it from the back. And, um, you know, I think their first goal uh, this weekend, uh, last weekend came from that, the fact that they played out from the back. And, you know, it was a really good team goal. Um, So, yeah, uh, they two results from our standouts uh, from the weekend. Um, you know, you know not many talking points in this weekend in the Scottish Premier League, you know, not a lot of goals as well, but um I'm sure there'll be many more talking points in the weeks to come because there's obviously many games coming up now in both England and Scotland in the league and in the run up to Christmas, so there's gonna be a lot of results and stuff to talk about. Um so we'll move on to uh so we've got European football this week coming up. So uh, we'll start off with the um, the Champions League matches from uh, England. So um, the matches are PSG versus Newcastle, Man City versus RB Leipzig, Galatasaray versus Man United, and Arsenal versus Lens. So guys, what do you think is which match from day four stands out to you?
2: I'd go for the Arsenal versus Lens because mm-hmm. uh, I just I just like seeing that wee man getting angry. You know what I mean, like Mark uh, Mika I mean, did you see him against? Did you see him against Liverpool? And uh, Jurgen Klopp and him had the wee scuffle, and then Jurgen Klopp just shot him up and the him. Sh- 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 man, I hope that Lens gives him a a right good like kind of controversial winning goal go or something, an offside or a, a penalty. I just want to hear his press press post match com- conference. I'm like, oh yes, I'm listening to that by the way. 'Cause I, I think I think Arsenal. I've always thought they're ever since like the back in the day with the Invincible season that they've just felt short and choked and they, they get too confident. They get to go on oh we've got Saka, we've got Odegaard and that we've got this. They're good individual players, yes. Uh but when they come together, when it comes to big big games, they do not turn up together. When it comes against wee games they rack up goals and it makes it look a good finish at the end of the season, but for the Champions League, I just feel that Arsenal, even if they do get a result against Lens, I don't think they're going to go very far because they've not got the quality in the bench, they've not got the quality in the first team and plus uh, the goalkeeper, they've not got many good like, class goalkeepers. They've, not got, they've got Ramsdale, they've got that, Raya. They're, they're, they're decent but they're no Champions League quality, so when they do come up against Champions League strikers, they're going to be caught out, I would say. I
0: mean, for me, the game... For me, it's the PSG Newcastle game. Uh at the Park de France. I think that's that's a really really interesting game because of the league table uh, or cause of the Champions League group stage table as well in that group. Uh, you know it's really tight. I mean, what is I mean if Newcastle were to go to PSG and win, I mean, I mean that would be what a result that would be it really good. Um, you know PSG would want revenge as well, considering that they got beat off on Newcastle. I think it was four one in the last match. So, yep. um, that I mean, that's my standard game from uh, the English teams playing the Champions League.
1: Um, what do you think, Pierce? Do you agree? Is there another match there? For me, uh, it's going to be the, the Galatasaray against Manchester United. Um, mm-hmm. Manchester United be buoyant after that result of the weekend. Although they did give up quite a lot of chances to Everton and I don't think Galatasaray will miss as many opportunities as Everton did. Um but having obviously Manchester United back, Luke Shaw back at the weekend, Dallow back at right back, um, Kobe Minor, and you'd have a lot more attacking talent in the team. And um, But as I said a, few, like, a couple of weeks ago, Galatasaray would go in the hostile atmosphere and the quality that they had, and the fact that they have been Old Trafford. I think I could only see one winner, and that would be Galatasaray. But I'm kind of 50 50 split at the moment because I think. Manchester United since that result have picked up form and at the right time because they need points massively if they take any chance to get out of the group or even into Europa League because um, I thought obviously Manchester United would struggle with any points in the remaining two games um, but I think that's going to be a really interesting tie because the lost to Copenhagen uh, away from home and this is probably one of the most hostile atmospheres in European football in Galatasaray yeah
0: yeah, that was definitely that was a good match as well. Um, I think Man been went to Galatasaray and won, so uh, there's quite a lot of riding on that match. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it'll, it'll be good um, this week in terms of European football. We've also got Scottish teams playing in Europe this week as well. Um, so uh, we'll start off with uh, Lazio versus Celtic in the Champions League. Uh, and then in Europa League, we've got Rangers versus Aris Limassol. And in the Conference League, we've got Helsinki versus Aberdeen. So, um, you know, we'll start off with Lazio versus Celtic, considering there's only three teams in Scotland. So we'll start off with Lazio versus Celtic. So what do you think? Um, do you think Celtic will get a chance? Do you, you, you not? What do you think?
1: Um, I think Lazio-Celtic. Um, I think Celtic have to show a bit of respect respectability in the competition because um, although they've had some nice performances in periods in in games um, I think the last result away from home against Athletic Madrid where they lost 6-0 um, is a pretty humiliating defeat and you want to have put some respectability in your name and show that you can compete at this level um, in terms of progressing into Europe Beyond Christmas I, I think it's going to be very difficult um, and with Injuries to key players in Celtic side. Um, I don't see them going and getting a, a win. I think a draw would probably be a good result. Although they have won there in the past. Um, but that was in Europa League, Champions League different level and it's different kettle of fish. You know, so and it's a good couple of years ago now. Um, but no, I, I think Celtic can cause them problems. But it's, it's it's as if they can maintain it for the ninety minutes, and um, I just don't see that happening. And I think it's probably going to end up in a a, a draw and a narrow defeat to a, a narrow defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: mean, I mean it's going to be a tough ask. Um. You know, if Celtic have any chances of getting even European football uh, next Christmas, I think they've got to win these last two matches. Um. And I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, Celtic have. We we all know a history of went, going to Lazio and winning. We all know I remember that two one victory that they got back in twenty nineteen when Olivier Champs scored that winning goal last minute. Uh, I mean it would be I mean it would be quite incredible if Celtic were to kind of repeat that again, but I I don't see it to be honest. I mean, uh, Celtic have kind of been they've been good in the Champions League to an extent, but they've been a bit kind of. of careless as well they've had i think that's three red cards in this group stage uh which is you know if if you're going to keep getting red cards i mean you're going to find it hard to pick up results and so i mean i think celtic are capable i don't think they're going to win but i think they're capable If i think if celtic were to come out of that game and get a draw i think they'd be pretty happy about it and but it's going to be a tough ask and and I think Celtic. If Celtic want to get something out of this match, I think they're going to have to be really disciplined in terms of you know not picking up any yellow cards, you know, and can uh, kind I of keep my concentration really fully for ninety minutes? So yeah, I think I've got a feeling that Celtic will do something. I'm going to say a draw, but you know it's hard to predict. Um. So we've got also in the Europa League, we've got oh. Rangers. Versus Aris Limassol, so mm-hmm. obviously Rangers uh, are kind of, um, you know, they've kind of, kind of picked up in the in the group stage lately. They got a good result in in the last match. So what do you think? Do you think they'll win this match? Is it Ibrox as well. Do you think they'll win this match? What do you think?
2: Well, I would say like, uh, the Rangers have got a, a really good uh, manager at the, compared to Michael Beale. And then um, I feel as if he's more kind of like kind of respected, and he's got he got the kind of experience and uh, the quality of his tactics. kind of if it's not going well, uh, he can change it. And then like he's not he's not afraid to take off anyone. I don't think uh, as you as you see when he took off like kind of Cantwell and put on there uh, Scott Wright, and he's, he he just knows how to make the right substitutions. Because I've been watching, I've been watching his managerial t- tactics, and I think he is a great manager. Uh, I think Limassol. I don't think they're they're, they're capable of going to Rangers and giving them a good game because they they could get they could give them a good like good fight, but I don't think they're going to win. I think Rangers have got the quality just to get the three points and get the the match over the line. Like uh, Tavernier, he's he's been quality this season in SPL, and he's always been quite quality and. The Europe as well. He's just he's just so good at like you kind know, of just putting it above the top or like set pieces. That's where Rangers are most deadly. It's like because he, if they take if you take out Tavernier from that team, who's going to hit the set pieces? Who's going to be as deadly as him? You know what I
0: mean?
1: mm-hmm. uh, What do you think, Pierce? Yeah, I echo what Tommy says. I think um the Rangers will have enough quality to go and potentially a comfortable victory I'd probably predict a 3-0 victory um, obviously they lost last time out against Aris Limassol which is probably the greatest result in their history but that was when Rangers were in a bit of disarray when you had um, interim manager and in Charles Stephen Davis and Alex Ray combination and the players the confidence was low but you look at the team now Rangers have picked up result after result and the confidence is building under the new manager and you can see some of the players performance levels just rise as the weeks go on um and yeah, I can only see a, a comfortable Rangers win.
0: Yeah, i agree. Um so I, I think mostly because it's at Ibrooks as well, and I think Rangers have kind of going well with Clement ever since he's come into the club. Um, you know, I think any team going to Ibrooks on a European night is going to find it pretty hard. Can kind I of got a good find going there? Um and yeah, I do expect Rangers to kinda of win that match pretty comfortably. Um but you never know. You never know, you know. Uh, Aris Limso did beat Rangers in the last match, so you know, they might take confidence in that. We never know. But I do I do expect Rangers to win. And then uh, lastly in the conference league, we've got Helsinki versus Aberdeen. So Aberdeen, um they're now knocked out of the conference league, so they can't they, they won't have any European football this Christmas, so they don't have really anything to um kinda you know they've got no real progression or anything in this group, so do you think this will just be a match of prize for Aberdeen, or do you think they'll be really want to be competitive and try and try and win? Would you think, Tommy?
2: Well, I think it's it's also like I'd be competitive, but also they're going to try and get some of the player's finances up for like the maybe try out some like new players and try and get them ready for the SPL. Like so, that's probably going to be the biggest competition this season since, as you said, they're not in Europe for Christmas. So I think they're going to be focusing on getting like top three or even top two. And um, I do think, like, uh, won't be playing. I, I have a feeling that they're not going to play him. Because they're not going to risk getting him injured over a game that's not really that important if they're not going to get progress, you know. They might even play, like, Duke up front, because he's, he's rapid. I know he plays no one usually, but Duke up front's a menace. They get him a wee bit of uh, a, a time up front to see how he does. But I would also say they're going to rest a lot of their first team players, 100%. I would if I was the manager, because Bring on your youngsters, put on some players that are like on the bench that need game time, get them up to up to standard and that, that's what I do. And I do think that Aberdeen might win it, but I don't mm-hmm. think so, because I don't think they really care, because it's long gone, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, I, I think Aberdeen, I mean, I think they will really take this seriously, you know, I don't see them trying to slacken off and uh, you know, not really caring about the match, I think they'll definitely want to go and Try and win the match, but I do see them resting some players because um, they have also got they've got other priorities, bigger priorities at the moment.
1: Um, do you have any ideas? Yeah, I think they'll probably just rest Miofsky, maybe a, a couple of others. I think because Miowski did come off for knocking his Rangers and obviously, Cup final just before Christmas, so I think that's the priority for Aberdeen at the moment. But in terms of the uh, Europa League, I think um, I think they probably lose the match. So
0: for the last part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football. Round up.
1: Yeah, so um with uh, with week thirty-seven of thirty eight and the key league one and um so on Friday the twenty-fourth of November we had entran united Hyundai one, and then we had Saturday the twenty-fifth of November, Judge United nil, Dejan Hannah Citizen two, Jump Hyundai Motors two, Guang JC nil, um SECL nil, Sue on Samsung Blue Wings one. Um which was we'll talk about it in, in a bit more detail. Um it was a, a feisty affair, just to say the least. Um Gang on FC two, Sue FC nil, Polling Steelers one and Dago FC nil. So a couple of weeks ago we had Olson the confirmed as champions. Um they're on 73 points at the top of the table. Second pressure, we've got Pauling Steelers who are sitting comfortably above the rest of the the chasing pack. And then for that final um, Asian Champions League position, which will begin going to the, the playoffs, um, it's three teams batting out for the um for the final spot, and that's Guangzhou FC third position on fifty eighth, and then right behind them we've got from the Motors on fifty seven points, and then United in fifth position on fifty six points. As you see, three teams separated by a mere two points, and with getting down to the final game, it's going to be very exciting. And in terms of relegation battle, it's could be couldn't even be even any tighter. Um you've got 10th gang on FC, 37 uh points, uh, games played, 33 points, and then footy the table, Sue on FC and Sue-1 Samson Blue Wings, both on 32 points. Um so one team's automatically relegated another alternate in the playoff. So they're, they're both all fighting for survival. Um they'll be wanting to avoid that 12th position and um Chancellor Arm at the playoffs so it was very exciting times both at the top and the bottom half of the K League 1 so in terms of the J League 1 um, Vassell Kobe were confirmed as champions at the weekend after a slip up by Yokohama F. Maros on Friday 24th of November as they drew 0-0 with Alberts Nagata and they failed to retain their crown under Kevin Musket and there was also another match on Friday and that was um, Kawasaki from Tally 3 and uh, Kawasaki Antlers 0 and on Saturday 25th of November we say Osaka 0 Kyoto Sanga 1 um, FC Tokyo 1 Hokkaido Consadole Sapporo 3 eh uh, Kashiori 2 Sagan 2 Sanfrecce Hiroshima 3 Gamble Saka 0 Urawa Diamonds 2 Avispa Fukuoka 3 um The Kobe 2 Nagoya Grampus 1 Yokohama FC 0 Shonen Bellmare 1 yeah, so talking to the Cell Kobe, um at the start at the weekend they were off to the perfect start. All they had to do was win their match at home uh, against a really good Nagoya Grampus side and um they were off to perfect start after fourteen minutes, two 0 up. Um and then Casper Juncker pulled a pulled a goal back and um they were, they're clinging on towards the end because that's a monumental victory, um, because it's their very first ever J League one title. So yeah, uh, really exciting stuff. So in terms of the, the final two positions for the Asian Champions Leagues, uh you've got oh, Yokohama F. Marnoff right behind them on sixty-four points. And then you've got Sam Hiroshima and Uber Diamonds fighting out for that third position, and that is by a mere one point getting to the final game, because this is week thirty three of thirty-four. So um next week will be the penultimate weekend and we'll find out who gets that final Asian Champions League position and they'll get into the playoffs similar to the, the K League one. So they're both on 55 and 54 points respectively. San Fitzgerald are now red diamond, so it's going to be very exciting times. So in terms of relegation battle, similar stuff to the, uh, the K-League 1. Um, so Yokama F- FC, unfortunately um, will be relegated. Um, although they are mathematic not relegated, but the fact is they're sitting at the foot of the table, three points adrift, one game remaining, and they three teams above them. Um so Cashier Self, 32 points. And then Gambo Sak and Shonen Bellmy are both on 34 points. Um, so they're a bit, a bit of cut adrift. So they, they need a miracle um, to stay up. And I think the other two teams that get into the, the relegation playoff and uh, exciting times, both at the top and bottom half of the J League one. Yeah. So in terms of other Asian football news, so uh Gimchon, Sangmu. Have won the two thousand twenty three K League Two Championship and have been achieved promotion to the K League One. So exciting times as we now find out some some teams that will be promoted to the first division. Supporting steel striker Um Zeka has agreed up to move to Chinese club Shandong Taishan. Uh big blow for the runners up with the K League One, but at least it looks like he's not going to rival and jump Jumbo Hyundai Motors as it was reported last week. Um. So during the derby match between Essie Cell and Sue One something Blue Wings um last weekend, a clash occurred between players and coaches staff of both teams. Um, the key league plans to decide tomorrow whether to refer this case to the disciplinary committee. So um, as we reported last week, um Huang Ujo is um kind of caught yourself up in a bit of um wrongdoing. So a woman in Huang Ujo's sex tape says the footballer filmed her without consent. The woman in, in the Star Football, Hwang's leaked sex tape, explicitly stated that she did not want to be filmed. Um, according to chat messages with Hwang revealed last Thursday, the victim wrote, I clearly said no and I asked you to delete the video. How come there's a video even after I said no? You need to admit that you committed an illegal action. However, Hwang did not address or respond to his illegality. Part, but replied, I am trying to stop the ongoing situation as much as I can, really. The victim's attorney stated that while well, questioning the sex tape leaked, there was a statement that implied Hawang illegally shared the sex tape with his acquaintances. The victim is now suspicious thinking who could see and share the sex tape. If this is true, there will be much more serious damage and pain to the victim. Hawang's uh, team um, wickedly unveiled the victim's personal information which poses an extreme degree of anxiety to the victim um, making her feel threatened. We can no longer tolerate secondary damages to the victim Huang's attorney on Wednesday said the woman in the video is a public figure working in the broadcast industry and is already married to someone else Huang's side also claimed the video was filmed by Huang's mobile phone and was not taken illegally as Huang and the women watched the video together after filming it in June. An unidentified woman-individual uh, leaked the sex tape to accuse Huang of filming videos without consent and having sexual relationships with many women. The individual who claimed to be Huang's ex-lover turned out to be his sister-in-law. Um, so Seoul Police on Wednesday said the leaker was Huang's sister-in-law who acted as an agent for football as she went on a business trips with her husband to assist Huang, his sister in law was arrested and referred to the prosecution. So the KFA well, can, uh, the KFA announced that it has decided to exclude Huang Ujo from the national team until the results of the investigation into his allegedly illegal filming are released. From guiding the club to promotion to steering Vasile Kobe to the Major Yasuda J1 League title as manager. Takayuki Yoshida emerged as the hero who led Faisal Kobe from J League 2 to J League 1 in 2012. Fast forward 11 years, and Yoshida, now at the helm, led his former club to close the Major Yasuda J League 1 title for the first time in the club's stoked history. Um, massive congratulations to Faisal Kobe, who are now the 2023 Major Yasuda J League 1 champions. Um. So, yeah, the 2023 major J-League 1 league title adds to Juan Mata's incredible record of winning titles in every country he has played. So he had seven titles in England, one title in Spain, one title in Turkey, and one title in Japan. So Juan Mata has now won two league titles in one year. The Super League with Galatasaray and the J-League 1 with Faisal Kobe, 35 years old and still going strong. And um, the stage is set for the twenty twenty three J League Road to J one playoffs next Saturday at the Japan National Stadium. It'll be Shimizu S Pulse against their fellow original 10 team Tokyo Verde. Um which current J League team will join SC Machida Zelvia and Jibolo Awata uh, and the Meiji Yasuda J League One next season found out on Saturday, December 2nd at uh, 2.05pm Japan Southern Time and that's all your latest Asian football news.
0: Thank you, Pierce. And also thank you Tommy for coming on the podcast. Uh, No problem. uh, And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Football Chuggy podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chugu YouTube channel and also the Football Chuggy website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.